We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on tonight. I hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening uh, to this installment, you are listening to my next uh, breakdown and uh, my continued coverage of all 133 teams in FBS College Football. Uh, I am beginning the ACC conference now. Just concluded the uh, American and the AAC. Now on to the AAC and kicking off with the Boston College Eagles, who last season went three and nine and two and six in the AACC. Um, obviously, not the season that that uh, Eagles fans were looking for, um, but that had a lot to do with um, some. Uh, really unfortunate things happening on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they lost four starters on the offensive line to the NFL draft after the, after the 2021 season. <clears throat> and their lone returning starter was all ACC guard Christian Mahogany. And he suffered a preseason season ending injury. So the offensive line was brand new, almost no starts um, coming into the season um, and it led to BC having the worst rush offense in college football last season, which if you know BC, that is definitely not normal as they usually have one of the best offensive lines in college football and one of the best run games in college football. It led to uh, quarterback Phil Dracovich having some struggles at the quarterback position, losing his job. He has since transferred. Um, maybe the only bright spot was uh, first-round pick Zay Flowers, um, continuing to be uh, an all-American level wide receiver and, uh, like I said, being a first-round pick heading to the Baltimore Ravens. But uh, looking into uh, this BC team, first off, I'll uh, continue my uh, new coverage with uh, talking about each program's stadium. Uh, the Boston College Eagles play at Alumni Stadium in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, which is about six miles west of downtown Boston. Um, seating capacity is 44,500. Um, <clears throat> that's been the capacity for, for quite some time now, uh, almost 30 years. Um, I, I personally have never been, but uh, uh, it's, of course, on my list of continued, uh, uh, of course, on my list of uh, places to go to look forward to uh, catching a game there in the near future um, then continuing with my coaches on the rise uh, breakdown um, choosing a coach from each program that I think is on the rise in the coaching ranks and I'm choosing uh, Savon Huggins running backs coach um, as as he just a handful of years ago was a high school football coach um, was a high school football coach at, at the prep school level as uh, far back as or as early or just a few years ago, like I said, in 2019. In 2020, 
He took the wide receiver assistant job at Buffalo, became the running backs coach at UMass in 2021. Uh, then in 2021, uh, the rec a recruiting advisor at BC. And since 2022 to the present, he has been the running backs coach at BC. So like I said, just, just a few short years ago, he was <clears throat> um, a high school football coach and now has risen very quickly. Uh, alma mater of Rutgers, um, but uh, just risen very, very quickly, like I said, through the ranks um, and done some amazing things very, very quickly. Um, he has the task of <clears throat> upgrading this running game, and uh, I think he'll definitely be able to do so. The offensive line will be very much improved. I will get to that in the position breakdowns. And he has three solid running backs to choose from. Uh, so uh, Coach Huggins is my coach on the rise for this program. Uh, just because looking at him, like how quickly uh, he's been able to uh, go from being a high school coach to a uh, college football coach as as early as 2019. So uh, now going position by position, looking at the offensive side of the ball, uh, Emmett Moorhead uh, took over at QB uh, for the final four games of the season and threw for over 250 yards in three of those games. Uh, the only one he didn't was the uh, overwhelming loss to Notre Dame. Um, but he led the Eagles to a road upset victory at NC State. Um, so uh, positive things moving forward from that position and from uh, <clears throat> Emmett Moorhead. Uh, Thomas Castellanos has uh, transferred in from UCF as well. Um, should at least provide some competition uh, to the position. Um, here's Here's the, the running back attack. The rushing attack is something that uh, BC fans are going to be really, really interested in. Uh, the rushing attack was the worst in college football last season at 63.2 yards per game. That, and that obviously must improve. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. Uh, a healthy offensive line will be the first step. Uh, but returning running back Pat uh, Garwell III had over 1,000 yards rushing in 2021. He obviously hopes to return to that form. Um, this is his third year as the starter. Uh, Alex Brome returns. And Western Kentucky transfer Kyle Robohawk uh, uh, provides great depth. Last year at Western Kentucky, he averaged 6.8 yards per, per carry, so nearly 7 yards per carry. Um, obviously, Western Kentucky is a pass first, second, and third offense. So his uh, yards per carry might be a little higher just because it's not as expected. Uh, but at the end of the day, that is still an eye-popping statistic and uh, something that will definitely uh, be utilized in this BC offense. Now looking at the receiving core, um, they, they obviously lose first-round pick Zay Flowers. So finding a go-to receiver is top priority. And it seems like they have the perfect guy to do that in uh, UCF transfer Ryan O'Keefe um, kind of built in the same type of way as Zay Flowers uh, he had over 150 catches over the past two seasons at UCF um, 
other guys to look at, Joseph Griffin Jr., Jaden Williams, and Dino Tomlin, who is the son of uh, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, um, give this unit some good options. Uh, and Dino Tomlin seemed to have a good uh, rapport with Emmett Moorhead down the stretch of uh, last season. So that's something to look at moving forward. But like I said, they need to find a go-to receiver, and it, and it would make logical sense that uh, Ryan O'Keefe would be that guy uh, just because of what he was able to do at UCF. He stretches the field uh, super quick, um, will be utilized probably as a return specialist as well. Um, just a really, really talented football player. Looking at the offensive line, um, to put it lightly, I mean, the offensive line was absolutely dreadful last season. Um, they lost they lost four starters to the NFL after the 2021 season, like I said. And, uh, and all ACC uh, guard Christian Mahogany suffered a preseason season-ending knee injury, um, which just put this unit in shambles, basically, uh, to start the season last year. Mahogany returns and is a future pro himself. In the additions of uh, Kyle Hergo from Texas State and Logan Taylor from Virginia are huge. They return all the starters from last season as well. So this unit coming into last year had four career starts and now will have 137 as a unit, um, drastically improving that statistic, of course. And I think that this will more than likely be the most improved offensive line in the country uh, just because of the sheer fact that they have experience and they return really talented pieces. And the players that played a ton last year now have a ton of experience. So moving forward now, this unit should be a lot better. Uh, looking at the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line is led by uh, stud defensive end <clears throat> Donovan Azawarkwu, who had eight and a half sacks last season, was second team um, all ACC. That was fourth in the ACC uh, in sacks there. And then there's defensive end Shatashala and uh, Nito Okpala have uh, plenty of experience as well, as do defensive tackle. Uh, as does defensive tackle Chris Banks and nose tackle Cam Horsley. Um, look for Michigan transfer George Rooks to also see action um, on the defensive line there. Um, a couple guys there that have some NFL potential, especially Donovan Ezeraku. Um, really good potential there from him. Uh, the linebacker unit returns plenty of talent in 2023. Bryce Steele could be a force moving forward. He certainly looks the part as a player and as a linebacker. Then uh, Vinny De Palma and uh, Cam Arnold are returning starters. Um, so you, you got plenty of talent there in those three. And like I said, Bryce Steele is one moving forward that I'm really excited to see grow as a player. Uh, the secondary lost four players to the NFL or transfer portal, um, but returns – uh, three guys, and cornerbacks Elijah Jones and Amari Jackson and uh, safety Cole Batson, who saw a significant amount of time. And then they added uh, three really good pieces and cornerbacks Kari Johnson from Arkansas and Alex Washington from Harvard. 
and then uh, safety Victor Nelson from LIU, uh, Long Island University. Those are big additions uh, for that unit. And uh, something I see, uh, I see, <clears throat> or I should say, I see this unit um, rising to the occasion and playing uh, at a really good level again. I mean, this, I, the secondary, well, BC's defense as a whole is usually pretty stout. Um, they they tend to produce often or NFL draft picks on the defensive line. The linebacker position has done plenty in the past, and then like I said, they lost some player the some players to the NFL this past year. Um, so this defense is used to producing NFL talent, and I feel that there are a handful of guys on there right now. So moving forward, I think this defense will be improved. Looking at special teams, kicker Connell, Connor Litton uh, will be in a competition for his job. After going 11 of 12 as a freshman, he was 7 of 14 last season. Um, so consistency is needed at that position. And then the punting position should be manned by Sam Candati. Uh, like I said, Ryan O'Keefe could be a uh, pretty good weapon at the return specialist position also, uh, just with his electric ability to make plays. And then uh, final analysis is my opinion. Uh, this is a make-or-break year in Chestnut Hill uh, for the coaching staff. Uh, head coach Jeff Halfley upgraded and built depth in the offseason. And then the non-conference schedule is manageable, uh, which I'll get to that in a second. So a bowl game is possible, um, definitely possible. But without a consistent offense and better offensive line play, none of that will matter. Um, they just have to get consistent play on the offensive side of the ball, and obviously the offensive line has to play better. And when you go from four career starts to 137 as a unit, obviously you're going to improve. Um, but looking at their 2023 schedule, um, they open up against uh, Northern Illinois, then they have Holy Cross, and then their other non-conference games are sprinkled in on, in October. They go to Army and they host UConn. Um, Going to Army, that's an interesting game uh, just because uh, Mitchie Stadium is always a tough place to play. Hosting UConn, they lost to them for the first time in program history last year. Uh, UConn is obviously a much improved football uh, program. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, that coming, that moving forward. Um, then, like I said, Holy Cross is just not an average FCS opponent. That's a really, really good football program. Um, that's gone to uh, the FCS playoffs uh, consistently. And then NIU is going to be much improved as well as they uh, return a ton of players from injury from last season. So, yes, the non-conference schedule is manageable, but still it, it, it is a t it, it's not as easy as it may look in face value. Yes, NIU did not have a great season last year, but they had a ton of injuries. They return a lot. Going to Army is never easy, especially with the shifts they're making in their offensive uh, playbook. UConn is much improved. Like I said, Holy Cross is a good FCS program. Then you look at their uh, conference slate. They got Florida State at Louisville, Virginia at Georgia Tech, at Syracuse on a Friday night, uh, Virginia Tech at Pitt, and uh, the Pitt game is on a Thursday night. And then they have Miami on a Friday. 
so a tough a tough conference schedule as well. Um, having Florida State week three, um, not much. Uh, you got to get ready for your season right away. I mean, for BC's sake, uh, starting two and zero, getting ready to play Florida State would would be huge. It'd be big, obviously. And I mean, there's conference games that are very winnable on their schedule. They got Virginia, Virginia Tech at home. Um, both of them struggled last year. Going to Georgia Tech is a very winnable game. Even going to Syracuse is very winnable. So, I mean, plenty of winnable games on their schedule. If they get that consistent play on offense, that is the key for Boston College moving forward. So, thank you again for tuning in to this breakdown. It's so much appreciated. Uh, please like and subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. It's much appreciated. And then also please follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good night. God bless.